0: Here's Pastor Xavier Reese with a reality check on eternity. As you move through life, you get older and older. And
1: people don't see you for about 10 or 20 years and say, man, you look the same. I go, did I look this bad 20 years ago? No one gets better, yet the inner man is being renewed day by day. The inner man is the new creation that God has given to us, having been born again, accepting the gospel, the spirit of man made alive. What a difference it's made in your life and mine.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. No matter how many laws we pass, people will continue to lie, steal, cheat, and even murder one another. So what's the answer? Today, Pastor Xavier offers a different solution than moral legislation. He says change must begin from the inside out. Let's join him for today's intriguing Simple Truths to find out more. The American
1: Heritage Dictionary defines perspective in different ways, but one way is this way. The ability to perceive things in their actual interrelations and comparative importance. That You can look at these things and make the decision which are the most important and of greater value and that you live your life that way. In the world, we wasted much of our life. We did things that were worthless and just added it to nothing. In the Lord, if we don't think things through, and check things through, we can still live our lives that way. Paul declared the reason he and those preaching the gospel with him were not discouraged in heart, despite tribulations, sufferings, and even brushes with death, was because God was going to raise them up from the dead. Both the soon return of Jesus Christ, and that each of us will soon see Christ face to face should be the greatest incentive for the way we live in righteousness and holiness. First John three one through three says, "Everyone who has this hope purifies himself, even as he is pure." Now, the Apostle Paul is bearing his heart, as you know. This is an incredible letter before the Corinthians as to his ministry in that his hope is not in this world nor in this life, but rather in the one to come in view of the resurrection. It doesn't mean that we live like worms and we just think we're sad here. No, no, no. We love life. If anybody can experience and enjoy life and value life, it's us. But we realize there's something much better. When we were in the world, we thought life was great. We came to the Lord. We found that life is greater But even in this greater life we experience here, the the better is yet to come, and the greater. So we understand this. And so Paul declared the hope of the resurrection through a threefold perspective here in this section. Let me read 16 down to 10. Um, In 4.16, Paul says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, the things that are not seen are eternal. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. For indeed, having been clothed, we shall... Not be found naked. For we are in this tent grown, being burdened not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality might be swallowed up by life. Now, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given to us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. We walk For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well-pleasing rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what has, he has done, whether good or bad. And so Paul the Apostle declares the hope of the resurrection through a threefold perspective here. And I think it is so appropriate, especially in the day that we're living in, the time prophetically we're living in, all that's going on in our nation and the world. And those of you who have walked with God for 30, 40, 50 years, you've seen the acceleration and progression and how the world is set up for the coming of the Antichrist. We see it. Here's the perspective. First, the perspective regarding their finite life. Verse 16 through 18, finite life. Secondly, chapter 5, 1 through 8, the perspective regarding their future death. And then 9 and 10, the perspective regarding their final judgment. Finite life, future death, final judgment. He begins with the perspective regarding their finite life. He's very practical. Listen to verse 16. The Apostle Paul here knew that he was only on earth for a short time. This is living in reality. Paul came to the determined conclusion that he did not lose heart due to the hope of the resurrection. That's what he's building off of. Listen to his word. Therefore, we do not lose heart. The word, therefore, is the concluding word in view of what has preceded. Knowing that the Father raised up Christ, he will also raise us up. Back to chapter 4, verse 14. He's building off of this. The resurrection. Knowing many had embraced the hope of the gospel to the glory of God. Verse 15 of chapter 4. And now they had hope of the resurrection. The consensus was unanimous. Notice the pronoun we. Evidence of shared hope and shared ministry with Paul. The phrase lose heart, as you know, means faint. To faint, to be discouraged or spiritless. The same word was used For them not being discouraged because they had received the ministry of the new covenant in chapter 4 verse 1. Now he sandwiches at the end of verse 16. They don't faint in view of the covenant, in view of the resurrection. Great hope. They would not be discouraged even if people rejected the gospel. Even if they were persecuted. Even if they suffered hardships. Even if they lost their life. Nothing would change the hope of the gospel which is... The resurrection. You to remove the resurrection from the gospel, there is no gospel. Now notice Paul did not lose heart despite seeing the aging of his body. And this is what he points out. Look at, even though our outward man is perishing, the outward man of scripture indicates the physical body, the temporal human existing, that which wears and tears with time through use and abuse. The earthly clay pot, a fragile treasure chest for the gospel, as he said in chapter four, verse seven. The values in the gospel, not in the vessel. The word for perishing means to change for the worse, to ruin or corrupt. It is use of one's treasures in Luke twelve twenty three that corrupt. It is used of one's mind that can be corrupt in First Timothy six five. It is used in our text of the physical vigor, strength, and the physical aging of our bodies. In fact, in chapter 4, verse 10, he said, The outward man, the body, is always caring about the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. As you move through life, you get older and older. And people don't see you for about 10 or 20 years they say, man, you look, you look you look, the same. I go, did I look this bad 20 years ago? Don't insult me. No one gets better. <laughs> Notice Paul did not lose heart due to his ongoing spiritual development. He says, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. This whole contrast that he began in chapter 4 at the beginning... The paradox of living and dying and suffering and being enjoyed, boom, 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 the visible, the invisible, the dying, the hope of the resurrection, here it is. The outward man, now the inner man. Yet the inner man is being renewed day by day. The inner man is the new creation that God has given to us, having been born again, accepting the gospel. The spirit of man made alive. Prior to that we were dead. Live for ourselves. The word renewed there means to the cause to growth, strengthen, and a Christ-like life. What a difference it's made in your life and mine. The inner man is the result of the work of God in the heart of a person through the gospel. He said that in chapter 4, verse 6 there. This being the transforming work of the Holy Spirit from day-to-day notice. Being transformed and renewed through the word, prayer, and obedience, ongoing abiding, growing in Christ. In fact, in chapter 3, verse 3 18 He said, But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. Ongoing, you remember when you first were born again and your progression and your growth, your development, and you can look back and see how far God has brought you by his grace. Now look at 17. Now the apostle Paul knew whatever he suffered on earth would be small in comparison to what awaited him in eternity. Perspective. I have to remember this all the time. This is spiritual insight. Paul described the present difficulties of the believer as small and brief spiritual investments. We have a portfolio. You put $1 here at the end of your life, you get 100 out of that one. You put little in, it pays great dividends. This is what Paul is saying. Listen to his words. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, light in terms of weight, in comparison to something heavy, passing through temporal time, a moment, the wink of an eye, compared to eternity. And so the comparison regarding the passing of that chronological time here to eternity is nothing. Even through the difficulties, the hardships, the sufferings, the persecutions, it's all a matter of perspective. Even the sentence of death to decapitate Paul was light, but for a moment, compared to eternity, 80 years to eternity. Then the apostle in 18, Paul revealed the secret of this disciplined life being a good spiritual investor listen to his words while we do not look at the things that are seen but the things that are not seen so the priority of life were not to focus on the things that were visible the physical invisible things of this world can be distracting alluring and even destructive from the more important things of life we hold things light in our hands we appreciate what God gives us we're content but we don't live for these things if God removes the things we're still saved we still have a great relationship with the Lord right? So, the perspective is different. The priorities, norms of life in verse 18 were to gaze on the things not seen, the invisible. Before Christ, we were blind. Now we can see the things that are not seen. Those that come to God must believe that He is and that He is the reward of those who diligently seek Him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the things not seen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 6, there, I quoted. For they are the things that will ensure our eternal weight of glory. Now notice still in 18, Paul revealed the simple reason for such a daily disciplined life. As a faithful investor. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. He nails it. The physical things are transient and fleeting. They begin to decay the instant you possess them. The minute you bought that swing set for your kid and you put it all together and you still have screws left over, (laughs) it began to decay, began to rust. The minute they build your house, they put the first nail in, it began to decay, the law of entropy. Things lose their luster and appeal due to the lack of our contentment. Even the things that we work so hard for, we get them and go, is that all? Kind of like cotton candy, it looks so big, put it in your mouth, (laughs) gone. Now, I got left cavities. The spiritual things are forever. They are seen by God alone. They're rewarded by God alone. They are ours alone. So, we are not allowed to allow material things to distract us or deceive us regarding the spiritualities of the priorities of life. It's a constant discipline. From the search of the fountain of youth, by Ponce de Leon to produce eternal youth, to the freezing of bodies that they might revive you when they find the cure. A man is very aware of his, the harsh reality that he is aging and dying. He's finite like the blade of the grass. It fades. And he does everything to try to escape it or to mask it. And yet there's nothing wrong with caring for your body. But we don't live for the body. You want to care for your body. Listen to 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. But reject profane and old wise fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. But bodily exercise profits a little. But godliness is probable for all things having promise of life that now is and that which is to come. Now, it profits a little. So do a little. Take care of yourself. We can't eat like pigs all our life. The misery, the pain, the suffering that people will endure for the sake of living out their own will and accomplish their own pleasures is amazing, and we see this in our society and the world. Some will endure grueling training as athletes for the glory of the corruptible crown, yet they will consider the life of Christ lived out by another as a waste of time. The truth is the opposite. Others will endure physical and sexual abuse just to maintain a relationship. Yet they don't even give a consideration to sacrificing all for Christ. Wow. 1 Timothy 5, 6 says, but she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. And that's anybody, male or female. You and I used to be there. We used to think we were having a blast. We were dying. Killing yourself. The magnetism of the things of this world have on people in their consistent pursuit of them as often without restraint, perishing. James 4.14 says, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and it vanishes away. Life is fast. The perspective regarding their finite life was in view of the resurrection. Made all the difference in the world. Now notice secondly, verse 1 through 8. The perspective regarding their future death. In verse 1, the apostle Paul declared his absolute confidence that the second he died, he would be instantly present, listen, in heaven. Look at verse 1. Paul stated, God has given to each one of us a physical body for our existence on earth for a set period of time. I don't know the years, but each of us have a date. For we... Know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed. So he's continuing here now the contrast of what can be seen and what cannot be seen, the temporal and the eternal. In verse 1, the statement is not an opinion, it's a scriptural truth of knowledge. Now he uses two metaphors, notice, for our physical body to indicate its temporal existence. The first phrase is our earthly house. The second is a tent, again implying the temporal state of our body and he'll bring it up in verse 4 again when you go buy a new tent and they give it to you you are persuaded they have given you short poles because the canvas is so tight so thick but every time you go out and you camp it gets a little looser a little stretched out one day you pull so hard that it rips and that's the first sign that you're going to have to get a new one pretty soon if you're a serious camper you might go 8, 10, 12 years with a good tent But not forever. It's temporary. Notice this earth house, this tent, will one day be destroyed. The word destroyed, means to lose, literally to loosen down, to to loosen the ropes and the pegs of this tent. The penalty of death entered in by one man, the first Adam, and death passed to all men. Romans 5, 12. The last Adam is a quickening spirit. He tasted death for every man. He destroyed death. Death is appointed to all men once and then the judgment, Hebrews 9:27. There is no exception. The word there if in our verse, in verse 1, at the beginning, is better translated, since, for all will die. No one does not die. <laughs> now notice Paul stated, God has given to each of us a body for our existence in heaven also. Here's another contrast. Earth, now heaven. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. He assured the believer of a future transition to heaven after death. He pointed out, notice the body is from God. Now he moves into the metaphor of a building. Clay house, a tent, a building. It means a compound or an edifice. The word is used for the physical temple in Matthew 24.1. Is used for the spiritual body that's comprised of its members in 1 Corinthians 3, 9. But here he uses it for that glorified body to come. He confirmed the heavenly nature of this body right here. The context of our text is confined to the resurrected body after our physical body on earth dies and the tent is dismantled. This body is said to be From, that word from is the word ek, out from God, in contrast to out from man through sexual intercourse and conception of a man and a woman, and a child comes forth. Here's the contrast the body is not made with hands, referring to human origin. This body is eternal in heaven. And then in verse 2 through 4, notice the Apostle Paul declared. His absolute confidence that he would never be in any in-between state. Now, he's already said in verse 1, the minute I die, I'm instantly present in heaven. Everybody have that? Now, he wants to make sure they don't misunderstand him. There's a lot of commentators who believe Paul changed his theology regarding the resurrection and end times because they don't understand this passage. He has not changed anything. He's not telling them here anything he hasn't told in 1 Corinthians 15. Same thing. Notice here, In verse 2, he described the anticipation of the believer to be clothed with their new body from heaven. He says, for in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. The groaning of the believer is after the heavenly body. Not to escape, but to attain. We're not pessimists. The word groan there means to sigh in the present tense as Romans 8, and 23. The creation groans, waiting for the Redeemer to come back. Because even creation is sick of the, of the weeds and all the pollution, all that. It's part of sin. The earnest desire is sincere longing after this eternal body. It's because we're born again. We didn't groan for this new body before we were born again. In fact, we worshipped this body. We abused this body. The result of being spiritually alive is that we now long to be clothed, which means to put on over the first body an aorist tense, one time, the resurrected glorified body. Usually you take a coat off to put another one on. You take a shirt off, put another one. Here the Greek is, you put it over the one that is here. So the glorified by this body will be Clothed with the glorified fashion, the body of Jesus. It could be seen, it could be touched, yet it could go through walls. So it's different from this one, right? It's a glorified body. Now, look at verse 3. He confirms we shall not be found in an in-between state. He wants to make sure he's understood. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. Now what is it that we don't understand? All right? The word if does not indicate doubt, but affirmation. Translation, since. Indeed. The phrase having been clothed, a participle tense, indicating one act. There will be a time in the future when God will raise this body that will be put to the ground and it will be raised in a glorified fashion. He describes here the event as mortality swallowing up by life which means this temporal state that we are in in this clay pot battling sin and everything else will be over by the glorified body once you die you're in heaven and you're waiting for your resurrected body
0: pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about eternal life. And you can find this program online to hear any portion you may have missed. Just browse for today's date in the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And if you'd like a copy of today's challenging study from 2 Corinthians, it's called Spiritual Perspective Makes the Difference. And we're making it available on CD for just $4. And why not pass it on to someone else you know who might need the encouragement? The title to ask for once again is Spiritual Perspective Makes the Difference. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths 2200 East Colorado Boulevard Pasadena, California 91107 Or to make your request by phone Call 800-926-1485 Again, that's 800-926-1485 Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's important that you include the call letters of this station when you contact us. Even though there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation, you can live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. Learn more when you join Pastor Xavier Reese on the next edition of Simple Truths.